0: Hello and a warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. I am very happy to be joined today by Alison Diara. Alison is a lawyer with 20 years experience working across the continent of Africa. Her role is dedicated to overseeing the development of international law firm Hogan Lovell's relationships with African law firms outside of South Africa and focusing on quality control, timeliness and transparency in the work they do with Hogan Lovell's and their clients. Allison is bilingual, French and English, and having lived in Mali for 18 years, she has unrivaled connections in country and a network of lawyers spanning Anglophone, Francophone and Lusophone Africa. She maintains strong relationships, liaising with all firms regularly on client matters and requests and has an in-depth understanding of the key individuals in each firm, their skills, and their specialisms. So Alison, a very warm welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Tom.
0: Let's dive right in, shall we? So there are many international law firms in Africa and many approaches to how this looks and operates. So, and I'll say in as few words as possible for a little challenge, describe the Hogan Lovell's approach to the continent.
1: Tom, I'm a lawyer. I'm not going to keep it to as few words as possible. (laughs) Let me try. Uh, International law firms, as you have said, have very different approaches to how they do work in Africa. Um, At Hogan Lovells, our strategy isn't to flag plant across the continent. um, But we do have one office in Johannesburg, um, which we opened back in the end of 2013. Um, But our strategy isn't to open any other offices uh, instead, what we do is to invest in building deep, real relationships with the law firms that we work with on the ground. And we do have law firms in every other con- country in, in the continent. So it's an extensive network. Um, but we make sure that these relationships are more than simply a list of law firms that we work with. Um, we like to talk about our four pillars. We, ha- we base our Africa practice on four pillars, which are that we operate, invest, understand and respect Africa. So very, very briefly operating. Clearly, we're in Johannesburg. Um, but apart from that, we've been working for over 40 years across the continent. So we operate in Africa. We invest. We we invest time, a lot of time. Um, and we have a global business services over in Johannesburg, which has about 200 people. So we're investing um, infrastructure and people in the continent understanding and this is where for me and my role this is really key understanding we try and go as much as we can to Africa clearly (laughs) at the moment with COVID restrictions that's very limited but um, even while we can't go we are still connecting regularly on a weekly almost for me daily basis with law firms there and that is essential to our understanding we have to listen we want to learn from those on the ground we we might know a lot about africa i mean i lived there for 18 years but i'm no expert the people in country are the experts so we under we we listen and we try and understand which leads me also into the final of the four pillars which is respecting and for us it really is a partnership respecting those who are on the ground working with them in a partnership um and and we also have an emphasis which is quite a nice sideline as well on respecting and celebrating arts and culture across africa so that's how that's how we work. And we work through a central team, what we call ourselves the A team, because Andrew Skipper is our head of Africa. Then there's me. And my role is to solely focus on building up these relationships with our network of law firms. And then we have Abana, Abana Poku, who is our senior marketing and business development manager. And she deals with all the client-focusing BD side of things. And that means it's a central point, which coordinates our whole global work across all our global af- offices all our work in Africa comes through this team we're a central hub um, so that it's all the same approach ensuring that we're all following these four pillars in terms of how we work with the local firms and sorry I know I'm going on but <laughs> we work with the local firms we're forgiven up, <laughs> <thank> you, <laughs> we set up in 2017 our program that we've Far Together. Um, the reason it's called go far together it comes from the proverb if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together and that really underpins what we do in terms of our relationships with local firms we are always going to be better us and our local firms and our clients if we're working together in partnership so go far together gft Uh, We started in 2017, and we started off the back of relationships we had with senior partners from the law firms we work with across the continent. Several of them used to come over for our Africa Forum each year, and so we decided the day before that forum to set up a symposium. We kept it very small. It wasn't a great big fly-everybody-in affair. It was just those that were coming to the forum. We invited them for a day um, to spend a day with us talking about the business of law um, not not talking about legal issues, because they're all experts, what they do, they do the law well. What they wanted from an international firm was support in terms of issues like business development, use of social media, um, innovative fee structuring, um, oh, cybersecurity, data protection, all those sorts of issues that they were grappling within their law firms. And we have big business development teams that do that sort of thing. So we spent the day with them. And we've done this now for uh, four years, uh, three years. Clearly, we didn't do it this year because of COVID. Um, But that is a time when we get about 20 of them over. And that started developing some really serious relationships. We followed on from that with other training, capacity building when we're on the continent, which we can extend out to associates in those offices. We've done um, secondments, both short two-week vacation placements for African lawyers who are in the UK studying for master's degrees or PhDs. Um, They can spend two weeks with us in August in our offices to get some international experience. We do three-month secondments of, of associates from some of our relationship firms So all of this fits together in what we call our Go Far Together program. And that's one of the things that I manage on a day to day basis. Sorry, that has been a very long answer, Tom.
0: No, you're absolutely forgiven, and I, and I must say I feel very mean with my my challenge of, of brevity, considering how much you guys do. You know, I, I should have known better, and and do forgive me. I'm glad I was on mute because I may or may not have started humming a certain theme song when you were mentioning the the A Team <laughs> and uh, and uh, going going far together. So I think that's absolutely fantastic insight. Dude. Now. Alison, you have deep connections with your key African markets, both professionally and personally. Do you feel that such a connection is a prerequisite to being a proficient operator on the continent? And are a lawyer's legal experience and knowledge ever enough in isolation? Or does a genuine connection and empathy really separate the tier one individuals?
1: I Absolutely, think that relationships are fundamental. Um, Relationships are our USP. One of the things we've done—we talked about the A team earlier. I am 100% focused just on our network of relationship firms and all we do with them. We also have Abner, who is our BD marketing manager, who focuses on the BD um, side of our work in Africa. Uh, In most firms, I, I. I would like to say all firms, I don't know of any other international firm that's separated out like this. Um, They would combine that role. So physically, you've got less time to focus on the relationships. Hogan Lovells appointed me to just manage that relationship um, focus. So clearly, Hogan Lovells thinks that's important, but so do I. I mean, relationship is absolutely key to building business anyway, generally. I would suggest it was even more fundamental in the African context. Um, as you've said earlier, I lived in Mali for 18 years. Um, I'm married to a Malian. Uh, I know how important not just family relationships, but the wider community relationships are in an African context. And I'd suggest they're more so than here in the West. Um, legal experience is clearly very important. We have to be really good lawyers. Um, but all of our competitors are really good lawyers too. And they all offer similar services to us. I mean, if you look at, um, websites for us and for another one of the large international firms here in the UK they're going to say pretty much the same thing what makes us stand out is the importance we place on the relationships we have with our network firms we want them to be genuine a genuine connection will always drive more business than pure expertise clearly though I have to add we are good lawyers and our experience of working across the continent is obviously vital. Um, but yes, for me, relationship trumps it.
0: Well, I must say, I think this is a real money where your mouth is situation with the way that you, you I know that you and Abner work. So it's great to see that there is someone's sole focus on driving that relationship uh, component to ensure it's never second fiddle. Uh, you know, or, or something you fit in. So I say, you know, big, big endorsement from from me for that approach as well. And uh, you know, there's a great example of this a, a partnership approach, um, uh, which you are overseeing at the moment in uh, in partnership with with us at Africa Legal as well. And this is the a local perspective content series. Um, this is a, uh, a series of articles which are being produced in partnership with uh, many of your African network firms. So give us a snapshot of the series. Uh, what can our listeners expect from it? And why does this align so well with your African strategy and development?
1: Yeah. um, This has been a really fun thing to start doing. Uh, As I said earlier, we started GFT back in 2017. And initially, the focus was on the relationships with the senior partners we knew at those respective firms. Um, We then added in some focus on training with junior lawyers when we were in country. We added in the vacation schemes and the secondments. Um, But we have built up over these past four years, really, really strong relationships with the senior partners, those that attend our symposium. Even through COVID um, for the past six months, we've been having weekly calls with groups of eight. So there are 32 firms we're connecting with on a monthly basis. um, And I have regular calls with at least nine firms each month. So on the senior level, we had some really good relationships. What we wanted as a natural step was to develop that relationship across the piece, um, to bring in the associates. to, And we're looking at training in that respect, we're looking at online training because we are obviously not in country as much as we were before, and uh, so we can't physically do the sorts of workshops we have done in the past. Um, but we want the relationship to be an ongoing one, the similar sort of relationship that we've built up uh, between our partners and the partners across our Africa firms. We want that to start happening between the associates in the firms. So co-authoring these blog posts is where we, we, would, we place an associate from our Africa practice team in connection directly with an associate from one of the relationship firms. And um, we've done three articles now. So we've covered a firm in Ghana, a firm in Kenya, and just this week, a firm in Cameroon. And the idea is that they work on an article together, a theme, a topical interest at the moment across Africa. And in building up that article, they are building up an understanding of each other, of their practice. They're building up the beginnings of a relationship that we are encouraging will continue going forward. So this is a way of, uh, again, deepening the relationship with our local firms. And, and it will also drive business going down the line. Uh, associates, as we know, are the future partners of tomorrow, and the relationship has to be across the whole piece.
0: It's fantastic to hear, and you know, the the non partner. Uh, levels of a law firm, I feel never get enough attention. So, so very good to hear that that is a specific component and ambition of the local perspective uh, blog. And I will, I will give it a quick plug for, for anyone interested. All of this content is uh, being hosted on Africa Legal. So just use the search function or keep an eye out for promotion of this content series on an ongoing basis. Now, moving on, Alison. As someone with pretty unique insight into a variety of firms across a multitude of African and international markets, do you have some thoughts on how African firms in particular have been managing or weathering, as the case might be, the current COVID storm? And further, what advice and support has the firm been offering your network in uh, in regard to the COVID crisis? You
1: know, I have to say, we've been really impressed by how many African firms have, how well they've handled this crisis. Um, They've adapted quickly and they continue to be providing quality services to our clients. Um, It it has been very encouraging to see. COVID has clearly presented difficulties to all of us, um, perhaps more particularly though in the context of African law firms The idea of remote working isn't as universally accepted in most African countries as it is here. Um, People were traditionally very uh, against the idea of flexible or remote working. Um, There are challenges as well in terms of suddenly moving a firm to 100% remote working when they don't necessarily have all the equipment that we are perhaps used to using anyway so not all associates across African firms will have their own laptop Um, and internet connection reliable internet connections at home even often reliable electricity um, at home when you're not having access to the office generator has been an issue Um, so there were challenges but as I said we have found uh, that Firms have generally adapted really well and really quickly to working from home. There have been issues and, and a lot of what I've been doing over the past six months is touching base with the firms we work with and finding out where we can help and support and assist. Um, There have been issues to consider around uh, privacy, for example. So simple things as do all your associates have a headset to ensure they're having private conversations? Um, Also, things like safekeeping, destruction of confidential documents, data protection, cybersecurity. All those sorts of issues are things that I have been able to link them up to experts in our team if they're wanting to ask questions. And. One of the things we've worked hard at is keeping the conversation flowing. So we couldn't visit Africa like we would normally do. We've been holding our GFT calls weekly, and they've been really useful for being able to share how we're shifting. So initially, when we started the GFT calls, we would talk to the firms about how we were doing it, how we were shifting to a working from home policy, um, and listening to how they were doing it and the various questions that came up around that. And I think the sharing of ideas has been really helpful. Um, in in terms of returning to the office as well, they've come up again. You know what sort of policies should we put in place? And I'll give you an example. One of the things we did recently with uh, one of our Kenyan firms. They were struggling with what sort of policy should we put in place as we return to the office. And I was able to connect them with on a call with the gentleman that was managing our return to the office policy and then also the lady that was managing our South Africa Global, global Business Services return um, to talk through the global strategy we had put in place for our offices, but also the way in which Johannesburg adapted that to fit their context. And we were able to have an hour and a half, two hour call on, on how we did this in practice and help the Kenyan firm think through some of the issues they would have, um, not just in terms of running their office, but in terms of you know sharing a building with others and how they put things in place. Uh, so that was really helpful. And that's the sort of thing we've been able to do because of the relationship we have with these firms. The other advantage of having these GFT calls, we have them on a rotating weekly basis with four groups, um, and there's about eight firms in each group. The The benefit of that is that there is a learning from each other. There is a real sharing of what is working in different countries and what isn't, um, ideas people have tried. Um and that has been that has been really good. That's been a an added bonus. Not only are we learning from our relationship firms and they're learning from us, but they're learning from each other. Um, and we try and mix the groups up a little bit, so they're meeting different people. We mix the countries, um, and and that's been really useful and helpful at this time. I think.
0: I really like the the practical specific example you made there around the return to the office but then also I think the latter point is indicative of your role as a facilitator you know this is never about the firm talking at the members as much as it is just allowing and providing for the the infrastructure for these conversations to take place intra-network Um, you know we have as much to learn from each other as they do from uh you know the, the, the central firm itself so great to hear some practical examples there uh, you know focusing on relationships again what do you consider to be the single most important step that an international law firm can take to support the local African firms they work with you know whether it be an attitudinal shift or a well-funded initiative how can we work together to genuinely make positive change
1: It's definitely an attitude. Um, The single most important step is not having a them and us approach. It's having one of an attitude of partnership and mutual respect. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning about our four pillars, um, operating, investing, understanding and respecting Africa. Um, I think you have to be willing to listen, learn and adapt to the local context
0: great to hear and i think one thing to bear in mind is a change of attitude sounds like something simple and easy and it's a short sentence but in actuality it requires some of the most uh concerted and uh consistent efforts to to change and maintain so so everyone can shout about how they have the right attitude but it really is how that is expressed and how that is genuinely adhered to, um, which makes the real difference. So and I'm absolutely. glad I think we're very much in agreement on that one. And Alison, a slightly cheesy question, if you'll forgive me. I like to commonly ask guests to finish. What advice would you give to a young Alison graduating from the, the College of Law, I believe it was, at the very start of your career? Uh, do
1: what you enjoy, and follow your passion. You know, I I actually did do this, um, but I was certainly afraid about following my passion. I wasted far too much time questioning myself over that. Um, When I left my job as an associate at a top law firm to go over to live in Mali, many people thought I was completely crazy. Um, I think I'd have saved myself hours of anguish if I'd had a crystal ball to look in the future to see how it all worked out. Um, But my passion, following my passion, doing what I enjoyed, took me to Mali for 18 years. It's eventually brought me back into an international law firm in London, but in a very different role. Um, And maybe I would have been earning more, um, had been more successful career-wise from a traditional point of view if I'd done the sensible thing and stayed put and worked my way up to partner or whatever. But I certainly wouldn't have been as satisfied and happy both personally and professionally as I am now. So I would say to myself and I would say to anybody starting out, do what you enjoy and don't be afraid to follow your passion
0: well alison you know having the pleasure of knowing you uh, personally over over some time i must say that you made the right call you know all all the all the steps you've taken all the experience you've gained you know not pursuing that path well trodden i think that gets a that gets a personal thumbs up from me so so well done and i think great advice to all of our our young listeners there so that, that does bring us to a close. So I will say thank you once again, Alison, for joining us for, for this edition. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you, Tom. And, and it has been a pleasure talking to you as well. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell you a bit about what I love doing.
0: Uh, Well, I've enjoyed it very much as well. And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. If you would like to peruse and listen to the back catalogue of the Africa Legal Podcast, this is available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So be sure to take a look and subscribe to make sure you do not miss out on any future episodes. So without further ado, I have been Tom Pearson and this has been the Africa Legal Podcast cast.